fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hold on, I'm not ready yet. Not ready. Can we just stop time for about 30 seconds here, trying to get everything up and going? Holy cow, what a day it's been. Welcome into the program. It is a pre-Friday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. It has been a chaotic Thursday, to say the least, and we are here ready to rock and roll for another one. You're excited, I'm excited. You scream, I scream, we all scream for republicanism. Ha, see what we did there? Welcome in, this is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Welcome aboard. We love you to death. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Coming up, bottom of the hour, Judge Phil Ginn. He's a former federal judge. He's also the current president of the Southern Evangelical Seminary. We're going to be talking about the latest push from Planned Parenthood, not necessarily just on abortion issues, but on the push for hormone blockers against children. Say what? Say what? Can we all just come to an admittance that that is an absolute fail for Democrat policy, if that's what you're really going for? Just be done. Be done. Just admit it, throw in the towel, and be over it. If that's the latest that you're pushing is trying to manipulate the uh, development and growth of children, then you are at another level of absolute insanity in this nation. So we'll talk about that here in just a little bit with Judge Phil Ginn. He's also, again, the president of the Southern Evangelical Seminary. We have some election updates for you. We have some other issues. And holy cow, hold on, because now is the time. Now that we are less than two weeks away from Election Day, it is, what, Thursday, the 27th of October. We have, which I swore, got to be honest, I swore next week was Election Day. It's not. Don't panic. You have another week to go. But we have all of next week, And then a little bit of the following week until November 8th for the election, which means things are starting to gear up. I'm still waiting to see exactly what the October surprise is going to be, because if it's going to happen, it's going to happen here within the next few days. It has to. People are already going into early voting. In fact, we're seeing record number of individuals turning out for voting, as we've talked about over the last few days, on what that means for Republicans. Is that good? Is that bad? Is it the Republicans energized? Is it the Democrats energized? Uh, Democrats usually dominate the early voting, and then Election Day, it's usually Republicans. But is that really the case this year? And we're especially concerned about what's going on down like the state of Georgia right now with Herschel Walker in the U.S. Senate race. And the governor's race down in Georgia as well, where they're seeing really some of the highest numbers, followed by the state of Florida. Where I'm at here in Kansas, we're also seeing a lot of individuals. This is our first week of early voting in three days down, and we're seeing massive amounts of numbers of early voting in person and mail-in ballots coming in as well. So it is going to be interesting, but if they're going to have an October surprise, now's the time to do it. With early voting at record numbers, you need to have the bombshells be thrown before people cast their ballots. So maybe we won't see one. I mean, they've attempted them. Don't get me wrong. Democrats for sure have tried to throw whatever they can at, for example, Herschel Walker. There's another case apparently of another woman coming out in about sexual harassment, which 
You know, they're trying to push. Look, when Democrats hold on to something and it worked once, they don't understand that that's totally a fad from a year ago, from two years ago, from three years ago. The hashtag Me Too movement isn't as big as what it was because we've called out the shenanigans from different individuals. And it didn't work with Brett Kavanaugh because it was a lie against Brett Kavanaugh. And since then, it kind of just disappeared. When Democrats get called out on their own garbage, they kind of fade into the background. They blend in. Because they don't like to be called out on their movement any longer. So now they're throwing the old tricks back against the wall to see what sticks. And they're doing it against Herschel Walker, that he paid for an abortion, that he's got sexual harassment uh, cases against him. And no case or no time for any investigation on whether it's legitimate or not. Just the fact that the accusation is there means automatically you must believe the woman and therefore it's true. End of story. You just have to go along with it. And voting for Herschel Walker as a conservative black man in the state of Georgia in the South as a Republican is the worst thing as an op-ed and as for the optics as the Democrats could possibly see. Uh, Let's be honest. Remember, Democrats, they are the party. Supposedly, they are the party of the minority. They are the party of honing in the minority, of defending the minority, of protecting the minority, of giving the minority their resources, of taking care of the minority in this nation. They are the ones that have created a glass ceiling in the servitude of minorities in this nation. Let's be honest. And when minorities get a taste of freedom, this is them speaking for Democrats. This is why they're panicking, losing their mind. When other individuals that don't normally have it, when they get the taste of freedom... They get that sweet taste of success, even if it was just short-lived, then they want more of it. Why? Because that's human nature, and that's the way it should be, because everybody should have the opportunity for success and for freedom. Andy, what are you talking about? Here's exactly what I'm talking about. Democrats have dominated, have controlled, have abused, have oppressed, have created the glass ceiling, have created the social programs with the intent to keep minorities and keep not just even minorities, but low income individuals, because this affects poor white people as well, though they don't get a whole lot of attention. This keeps the lower financial individuals at bay. Social, pro- and let me be very clear social programs had the emotional intent of getting people back out of a bad situation with the hand up, but it ends up becoming the handout that we rely on more and more. And more. And when you automate stuff, when you raise the minimum wage, you raise the minimum wage knowing that you're pricing out individuals that are coming in that do not have any work experience because they've never been able to work. So therefore, they don't qualify for the higher wage jobs that are being created, whether we're talking about black voters or Hispanic voters or Asian voters or whatever flavor else of identity politics that you want to call out there, that you have now created a scenario where if they're coming from a lower income area and they want to get a first time entry level job that's making seven, eight, nine, ten bucks an hour to just sweep floors and get stuff done to at least get their foot in the door with a business, you no longer have that opportunity. Which means you have now created a new generation to where they no longer have work experience. They only have a college degree. Everybody in their kitchen sink has a college degree, and they want it to be even more watered down and even more exposed in this nation by having free college to where it means absolutely nothing to have a college degree. And if that's going to be the case, then we have essentially priced out and put a glass ceiling on every group of low-income individuals to not be able to move up that corporate ladder or move up the ladder at all in any way, shape, or form. That's the world that Democrats have created. 
And when Donald Trump got into office, what did he do? Uh, whether you like Donald Trump or not like Donald Trump, let's go down this road for a second, shall we? What did he do when he got into office, when he expanded the economy, when the GDP was soaring, when the economy was doing well, and businesses were expanding business and opening up new business and trying to get new hires, and we had some of the lowest unemployment rates ever, not the false and the faux type of numbers that the Biden administration is punching out right now? What happened? He went to inner cities. He went to Democrat areas. He went to large cities, and he said, what have you got to lose? Vote for me. You voted Democrat long enough. You've been on the government dime for long enough. You've been on social programs for long enough. And how well has that worked out for you? Try something different. And guess what? If you have to break it down by race or by sex or by gender or whatever else you'd like to call things today with identity politics, if you have to break it down, then those numbers show that minorities saw some of the best economic situations and growth that they've ever seen in American history. Which is why now, according to Breitbart News and the latest polls, show that now 40% of Hispanics across the nation and 21% of black voters in this nation are now backing the Republican Party. That's coming from a poll not by Breitbart News that's skewed from the right side of the aisle, but by USA Today that's a left-leaning poll. And this is why Democrats are losing their mind. So let's go back to the state of Georgia for a second, shall we? Lindsey Graham was down there campaigning just earlier today, and yes, or yesterday I think it was. Maybe it was earlier today, I don't know. But he was down there and he made that claim and it was brilliantly made. Again, Lindsey Graham's a, such a scatterbrained man. Sometimes he's great, sometimes he's not. Sometimes he hits it on the head, sometimes he has no clue what he's talking about. But he hit it on the head when he was down there campaigning for Herschel Walker. Saying, hey Republicans, aren't you tired of being called a racist? Just because you're Republican, aren't you tired of the identity politics being played by the left? This is why a week, week and a half, two weeks before Election Day, they're coming out with accusations against Herschel Walker about sexual assault. Why didn't they come out with that a year ago when he announced his run for U.S. Senate? Why not? If this was truly legitimate, why didn't it happen a year ago? Why now, two weeks before Election Day, as now a second woman has come out and made the claim against Herschel Walker? Does anybody really honestly believe that garbage? Really? And yet he's still leading in the polls. Because if he wins, this will not only be the first, but the second black man from the South as a solid conservative individual that will be elected into Congress and will dominate the Republican Party and will make the Democrats look as foolish as what they really are. Because they're supposed to be the party of the minority. They're supposed to be the party fighting against Nazism and fascism and racism and segregation while they're the open-minded left-wing political hacks, what's at least what they claim to be. They claim to be that party of openness for everybody, but yet, if you vote a different way, you are the worst person on the face of the earth. And the fact that we have more of a diversity within the Republican Party now, I'm not talking about made-up genders. I'm talking about legitimate diversity within the Republican Party than what the Democrat Party has ever seen. And it makes them look bad. So they're desperate. And that's why they go after them. 
Uh, and we need this type of feistiness. And when we see polls like this, this is the opportunity that we've been waiting for for a very long time in the Republican Party. Again, I am, I'm the eternal optimist. I always see such awesomeness in the world, and we can always see improvement and room for improvement. And Donald Trump blew that door wide open to go into communities, like we've said so many times on this show that I feel like a broken record at times, that uh, we've blown the door open for opportunities to go into communities that have never heard about conservative values. Never heard about the Republican Party. It was just given that you vote Democrat or else Republicans are going to take away your paycheck. They're going to take away your opportunities. They're going to take away your health care. They're going to raise your taxes. They're going to let you die in the street. And the message is out with the economy, with the taste of freedom, with the taste of success that we had under the Trump administration. And then just like that, it all went away under Biden. And now those in the minority communities or the low-income communities overall, when they saw that taste of success and uh, taste of freedom and that taste of opportunity, when they got that taste of, wow, things are looking up, we can actually do stuff. We actually have opportunities outside of what's always been given to us through a government program. We can do something different. They got a taste of it, and then as soon as Democrats got back in charge, it went away. It disappeared. And now their eyes have been opened. What's going on? I thought these guys really liked us. I thought Donald Trump was the evil one. I thought Donald Trump was the one that hated us. I thought Donald Trump was the one that was abusing us. The fact that we are seeing gas prices impact people's pocketbooks so much right now, would that change how you're considering voting for the next election, whether it's congressional later this year or presidential a couple of years down the road? Definitely, definitely. I just know that one administration had cheaper gas and this administration has more expensive gas. I'm telling you. People vote by their checkbook, and when their checkbook looks smaller and when they have less opportunity, they wonder what's going on, and the Democrats are in absolute panic mode. So the headline from Drudge Report right now, according to the Democrats, who's the great savior that needs to come in and save the day? None other than the man himself, Barack Obama. Can he tie off and mend the bleeding from the Democrats a week and a half before election time? With Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Man, all right, there it is. You like my little hoorah, little motivational speech for the day, get out the vote, and how great conservatism is and republicanism and how well we're reaching out. And we have some work to do, but the fact that we're seeing a massive increase, that makes the Democrats a little bit scared. If that loses, then they're, they're done. I mean, they have no base. They have no one else to try and play, no one else to... No one's going to openly support a party that is desperate for abuse to try and keep people at their cap. So, I mean, <laughs> their party's done. They're going to have to rebrand themselves, and it's going to be a long time in doing so, uh, being the longest political party in the history of the nation. I want to play a clip here, though, as we move south a little bit further from Georgia down to the state of Florida, and obviously the big race down there with uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Not too concerned about his race. I think he's going to do all right. But there was a debate just a few days ago where – the Democrat tried to go after him for running for president because how dare that you plan for political aspirations to do well for the country. I, I know, I know. But I guess, I guess it's a legitimate question to be asked, but uh, it is interesting how they try to snip back and forth. Now, again, this is the level of quality you get from a debate, so don't think you're going to walk away and be like, I totally understand the candidate's position now. 
Like, you're not going to get that. You're just going to get some nice little zingers back and forth. But this was pretty entertaining as he was uh, debating the governor or the Democrat challenger for the governor's race. Joe Biden a lot. I understand. You think you're going to be running against him. I can see how you might get confused. But you're running for governor. You're running for governor. And I have a question for you. You're running for governor. Why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're reelected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor. Yes or no? Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're reelected governor of Florida? It's not a tough question. It's a fair question. He won't tell you. We did not agree on the candidates asking each other questions. Governor, it's your turn. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. <laughs> Zing. Come on, man. I mean, that's entertaining. Again, you're not getting substance here, but that's entertaining. Well done. I find that hilarious. And you know what? That's the kind of spark that we need within the Republican Party. There was another debate that was held actually over in California with the House side and with the House representatives and Kevin McCarthy, as he's supposed to be the House majority leader once we take the power here and potentially Speaker of the House, which, come on, man, I get it. He's a nice guy. He's cool. Is that really the excitement that we need? Because we have something like that with Ron DeSantis where it's very catchy. It's very witty kind of Ronald uh, Ronald Reagan-esque, where you can come back with those nice little one-liners and do the zings here, as opposed to this guy who's really the one that released the commitment to America and the guy who's running the Republican Party in the House right now. We've watched the challenge of what we're having with the Democrats' one-party rule, from Nancy Pelosi, from Gavin Newsom and Joe Biden. The real challenge here is I've never faced somebody this liberal before in this campaign where she would go out and protest with the Julie Solis and others. What we really need is somebody that has a voice that can represent the entire Central Valley. It's the most critical time for us to survive. We've never seen these challenges in the last 40 years. And not only will I be there, I'll be there to listen, but the difference will be your voice will be sitting at the table. I'll be... I mean, it's good. I'm glad he did that. I mean, he's a nice guy, it seems like. he's He knows what he's doing. He knows, obviously, the inside uh, ins and outs of Washington, D.C., but, man, I guess we have to have the yin and yang, right? You have to have the feisty and the calm, level-headed. That's why, honestly, Donald Trump works so well with Mike Pence. Whether people like or dislike Mike Pence right now after the whole January 6th stuff, uh, it really doesn't make sense. Like, during the presidency, it was perfect. Donald Trump was that witty kind of guy that just didn't care, that was going to lash out. Mike Pence was more that level-headed character within the party we have to have both of those but the leader i really wish kevin mccarthy would get a little bit more feisty not that he's doing a bad job but that he just needs to get a little bit more feisty and remember he is a little bit more on the moderate side coming from the state of california as well all right when we come back we'll shift gears a bit get away from the elections for just a second i know you're probably getting exhausted by election coverage we'll do some more of it though when we come back a little bit later judge phil again he's the president of the southern evangelical seminary we'll talk about that when we come back right around the corner here on the voice of reason the voice of reason with andy hoosier When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, you're all welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today on a 
pre-Friday celebration. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Multiple radio stations all over the place. Plus TV, live streaming, podcasting. I swear, I swear, not all millennials are the Tide Pod eating, condom snorting, uh, TikTok challenging individuals. (laughs) I promise you. We're trying to rebrand. It's just a little bit better. So welcome back into the show. We'll get back to some election coverage here in a bit as I am optimistic as we continue to move forward, especially with the platform that they've set on the other side of the aisle, which is just lunacy. They're grasping at straws. And while they're trying to address the hard economic issues, we had the lies from the Biden administration about how well the economy is doing. You know, gas is only at $4 a gallon for an average. But by golly, gas, the economy is doing great. There's no inflation issues. At 9%, mortgages aren't at 7% for their interest rates right now. The Fed hasn't raised interest rates by five different times now with still 9% inflation. You know, the economy's great. The economy's great, right? Is that, can you do that? Okay. Sorry. We'll get back to that here in just a bit. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk actually about one of the platforms that's going on from the other side, which is, I got to admit, never thought that I would see this level of lunacy in the country, in the world, but yet here we are as we get into our What's Trending of the Day. What's Trending Today. So there's a few different headlines, how I want to introduce this next guest, as there was, and let me see if I can find it, I know I had it earlier, here we go. There was one headline from Fox News today about the United States government funding drag show, drag queen shows in Ecuador, for some reason, here in Kansas, where I'm based out of with our flagship radio station. Uh, there is also a headline from Daily Mail about how the Kansas government and our Democrat Governor Laura Kelly had funded drag queen shows as well in the state. The agencies are coming out saying, no, they sponsored a different portion of the events that night. They weren't part of that one, so they're trying to split hairs on that. But now we see the headline about drag queen shows from the U.S. government that's being funded in Ecuador and now Planned Parenthood after they got their big victory in some states regarding the reversal of Roe v. Wade and the the protection of abortion rights in some states, including here in Kansas, unfortunately, that they're now trying to push the envelope just a little bit further. Where is that line, you say? Well, the latest is Planned Parenthood's now trying to promote puberty-blocking hormones for children in the K-12 education system. So, again... Again, the level I never thought we'd see of lunacy in this country. So excited to have back on the program with us here. Actually, I think it's the first time we've had him on the show as well. Excited to have him on. He is the president of the Southern Evangelical Seminary, which we have had great guests from them before. He's also a retired Superior Court judge. Excited to have on the program with us here, Judge Phil Ginn with us. Phil, how are you, my friend? Alan, I'm doing great. I'm just uh, pleased as I can be to be with you folks this afternoon. Uh, uh, I spent some time in Oklahoma, not too far from where you are, so uh, so I feel like I'm coming home again. And coming back home. We love the state of Oklahoma. They do some great stuff down there. We talk to the governor often and a lot of their uh, leaders, and Oklahoma is a wonderful state. And they don't have a whole lot of sales tax. So, you know, there's a lot of people that like to go down south of the border to get groceries on occasion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's not a, that's not a problem at all. That's right. That's right. This stuff is madness. And, I, Phil, I don't know where we got to this level to where we think that the manipulation of the evolution, the growth, and the uh, just the growth of a child at their pre-adolescent levels, when they're starting to develop at like the most critical age of their entire life, that we think it's a good idea now to say, hey, you know what, because you feel a certain way, we're going to go ahead and put hormones in your body to stop puberty in some way, shape, or form. That's insanity. When did we get to this level? Alan, I, 
I hope you'll forgive me, but I'm going to ahead and drop a bombshell here um, to begin with. Uh, this is not the end game for uh, the folks on the radical left. Uh, it is part and parcel of a, I, I hate to, to say conspiracy, but it almost is, of uh, that group who's, who are using sex, deviant sex, and crazy sexual ideas to uh, really attack not only the government, but the basic foundation of our government, which is our families. And that is God's first ordained um, uh, way of us relating to one another. And that is what's literally under attack. And the end game for these folks is the, the process of grooming our children to be sex objects for pedophiles. That is, I mean, if that's the ultimate goal, that's a very twisted and sick world that we're living in here. I mean, that seems to be like the number one threat to the family values right now, isn't it? Absolutely. And if you go back in 19, I think it was 1999, the years run together for me. Uh, There was a march on Washington, D.C., led by the LGBT, whatever they were at that time. They're using up all the alphabet. They've taken the rainbow. We don't even have the alphabet left either. (laughs) so uh, they had 10 major goals. Let me, let me just give you a couple of them. It was legalization of homosexual relationships, marriage. It was allowing gays into the Boy Scouts. Uh, you go on down the list, there's only one thing left out of their 10-point agenda, and that is the lowering of the age of consent. Hmm. I, I see a so, lot of the messages that come out from them, and they say, you know, love is love, which is what they're really trying to promote here. And I, I get it. You know, what? my personal views is if you fall into the LGBTQ category in some way, shape or form, you know, I don't care. You know, live your life, do your thing. I'm going to live my life the way I, I do. I'm going to hold up my family values. I'm going to live my, my faith and my in my beliefs and live the best way that I possibly can. If someone else has different beliefs and all the power to them. But they've taken it to the level of if you don't go out of your way to say you're courageous or you're so brave or you're so strong and I'm going to be part of, you know, playing into the victimization of you because of X, Y, and Z and the identity politics that goes along with it in that victimhood status and to put it up on some kind of pedestal. If you don't fall into that category, then you're against us. And that's where this is starting to infringe upon a lot of people, I think, when it's seeing it on their TVs, when it's watching it in the crowds and with, the you know, just down the street. It's not just I'm going to live my life and just you live your life, but it's you need to be part of my movement or you are part of the problem. Is that where we're at today? Uh, well, it is. And, and part of the issue, though, is um, they, as you say, will not allow you to be neutral in this. Yeah. So it is causing certainly people of faith to have to take a stand. Um, I saw, um, I think it's Charlie Kirk, I believe is the guy's name, just to, not to throw another issue in here, but uh, some pastors had accosted him as saying that they weren't going to preach against abortion uh, for fear that it might keep somebody from coming into their church to hear the gospel. I, you know, the gospel is repent of your sins. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but you take the gospel, you take take faith out of this, Alan. Just just totally let let's don't consider whether it's right or wrong or indifferent. What 
in the world would cause us to think that a kindergartner needs to be talking about sex, period, yeah. much less some of the stuff that we're forcing on them at an early age. That, that absolutely makes no sense. Let the kid be kid. Right. Yeah, my, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and she doesn't need to be talking about that sort of thing. That's why when the, the whole politics behind the quote-unquote don't say gay bill out of the state of Florida, it had nothing to do with that. It was just, hey, maybe as a teacher, you shouldn't be talking about sexual orientation to first and second and third graders. What a wild concept. But because, again, we've drawn a line saying maybe that's not appropriate, then they lose their minds as playing the victims because they can't speak out. It's odd how if we take a child to a strip club as a heterosexual thing, we would be arrested and the kid would be taken away for us from chi- for child abuse, but yet it seems to be okay to go to a drag show where essentially they do a striptease just in the other gender's garments, and that somehow is, parade- is courageous. And okay, I don't understand how one is not okay and one's the other okay. Well, you, you would be along, uh, right along with folks who have any sense at all. <laughs> um, but, you know, based on Just to be more practical about it, Alan, based on objective, any objective criteria that you want to use, you look at our test scores, uh, whatever it is, it's growing extremely difficult to to defend much of what's being passed off as education in America. Uh, You know, our children are are really straining to add and multiply and divide and write complete sentences and and read coherently. we're teaching them to twerk like drag queens and use uh, innately useless pronouns to refer to themselves and each other. And, and we're just still, despite the, the cries of, uh, to the contrary, we're still teaching our students to divide themselves from their classmates based on their color and uh, their skin and, and even their religious and moral values, as you and I have been talking about. Sure. Yeah, we're talking with Judge Phil Ginn, the president of Southern Evangelical Seminary, which you can find online at ses.edu. we got just about a minute before we have to take a hard break here. But uh, moving forward, are we able to bring us back to some common sense? And I know that's probably a, a longer conversation than we can have in 45 seconds, but is there hope to bring us back to common sense with all of the craziness going on in the world right now? Well, it, there's an old... Uh western adage that there's we got two chances slim and none and slim got on his horse and beginning to ride out of town <laughs> that's unfortunate that breaks i don't want to hear that i want some optimism here <laughs> well it's a god thing look if this is going to turn around it's a god thing yeah um and uh it it, it is beyond our capacity uh we're we're going to have to turn to god and that, that that's the only that's the only answer we can give Sure, sure. Let's take a break here. When we come back, I want to continue that conversation because that brings up an interesting point as well. We're talking with the Southern Evangelical Seminary. Hormone blockers for the puberty blockers for young children in the K-12 through education system. Is that the new agenda from the other side, and where is it going to lead us, and how do we get us back on track? When is it okay to mutilate and manipulate the development of a child? Most common sense people would say never. We'll break that down when we come back here. It's a Thursday, the pre-Friday celebration here on The Voice Reason. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. John right, you are. Welcome back into the show. Last few minutes of the program. There's so much to cover. Again, we need more time on this program. We never have enough time. Oh, cruel time. How dare you slip away from us every single day. Uh, there's a headline. We don't have time to talk about it right now. Just a little tease. We may do it here in a couple of days. Maybe tomorrow as we go into uh, the weekend and have a little fun with it. There was a headline, though, from MSN about the latest scientists say that they're potentially based on their research and the uh, conditions in space and in the universe that there may be uh, this is our weird news of the day by the way weird news of the day i know there may be four quintillion alien spacecraft buzzing around the solar system as we speak right now that's i mean dude We'll talk about that a little bit later. Right now, though, we're talking about the uh, aliens, I think, on our own planet because they're nuts, and I just don't understand them. As we see the push for puberty blockers for young children right at the developmental stages right now, we're talking with the Southern Southern Evangelical Seminary with Judge Phil Ginn, the president of the Southern Evangelical Seminary, which, Phil, let's talk about moving forward here and how we get this. There's national headline that showed that the attendance at churches are slowly on the decline, and they have been for years. Now, I have to admit, I have my religion, I have my faith, but I don't go to church, and I'm one of those millennials that doesn't go very frequent. I don't remember the last time that I have gone. doesn't mean that I'm not religious at all, but I just don't go. Is that a concern, and is that lack of attendance uh, in response to, uh, you think, with some of the current events that we're seeing right now with drag queen shows and with this puberty blocker push and with the excuse me, the lack of development, for children, is there a is there a comparison? Is there some type of tie between the two here? Well, uh, you know, Alan, I'm a I'm an old politician, so politicians usually end up answering the question they want to answer as opposed to the <laughs> one that's asked. But um, yeah, I may I may end up stepping on your toes here just a little bit. But you ask about bright spots when when we went to break. Sure, if any hope, and and I see two bright spots here. Uh, going into the future. First of all, even some of the ones who you would probably rank among the the those who would think crazy thoughts like what we see sometimes are beginning to say that that's too far for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even that bastion of conservatism, Bill Mayer, um, I've got a quote from him. It says. If kids knew what they wanted to be at age eight, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. Yep. I wanted to be a pirate. Thank God nobody took me seriously and scheduled me for eye removal and peg leg surgery. (laughs) Uh, You know, so, so there's some glimmer of hope out there that, that even those who may be more liberal minded than, than myself and perhaps you are, are really seeing that this is a bridge too far for even them. Um, there, there are many Democrats out there um, who who believe AOC is is too far out for them, and sure. and Bernie's too far out from them. Uh, so, so I'm hopeful that that folks who have uh, good reasoning minds will begin to see there's just some really stupid stuff going on out there. Now, the second thing that really leads me back to answering your question is that. I think that it is a critical time for people of faith uh, to stand up and be counted. Uh, We at Southern Evangelical Seminary know full well that that government is not capable of creating strong families. They're not capable of creating really good people. It's not their role. That can only 
that can only occur through turning the hearts of the people of this nation toward God and, and his foreordained moral structure. Sure. But at the very least, we, we also expect our government to not be in the business of actively seeking to destroy the very thing that can save our nation. Uh, and, and quite honestly, if, if good people don't stand up now to be counted, I, I liken it to kudzu. Kudzu, you, you guys may not have a lot of it in Kansas. we got a lot of it in the South. And, and it just spreads over acres and acres and smothers the, uh, the eco uh, plant system underneath it. Sure. And that's what's occurring with some of this strangeness that's going on in our nation. And, and, and if we don't stop it now, it's going to overwhelm our nation, our nation and bring it to our knees. So it's, it's time for Christians yeah. and other like-minded people in America to begin once again to train up our children in the way that they should go. And perhaps, you know, as the scriptures foretell, when they are old, they will not depart from them. Exactly. Well, like you said, I mean, it's time. And we say that on the show all the time. Lead by example. And that home front, the government can't change it and make your community better. You have to do it yourself, and that's what we have to do is stand up, like you said, make that head count and lead by that example. It is the Southern Evangelical Seminary. Judge Phil again, the president. Uh, Phil, it's good to talk to you, my friend. We'd love to get you back on the show again real soon. Hey, hey you betcha. We appreciate that. We're out of time. Podcast up in just a little bit. We're back at it tomorrow for our Friday episode of The Voice of Reason. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.